relationship with the law of God. Because of my new relationship with the Lord. Because of my new relationship in my life. I now have a right standing with God. Friends, can I tell you this morning, God views me as a righteous man. And it's through nothing that I did. It's all that Jesus did. But unfortunately, not everybody believes the biblical truths that I just shared with you. So today, the Apostle Paul calls a witness to the stand and he continues to declare his message of the grace of God saving a human being through faith in Jesus Christ. Paul's witness was none other than our great forefather, Abraham. In fact, on page 1001 in Romans chapter 4, the verse... Verse 1 says, What then shall we say that Abraham our father has found according to the flesh? What did Abraham find as a result of his own good deeds? Well, since Paul felt like Abraham was a pretty good example, since Paul said Abraham's a real good example of faith in the Lord, maybe we ought to take a hard look at his life too. Maybe we also ought to realize that, you know what, we need to look at the faith of Abraham and see how it relates to us. See, in Paul's day, Abraham was revered by over half the world's population. And even today, billions, say billions, billions and billions of Jews, Muslims, and Christians still hold the name of Abraham, the person of Abraham, in very high regard. And so Paul said, you know what? Abraham's a good example of somebody who lived by faith, so maybe we ought to examine our lives according to his life as well. But I want you to do this for me today. As we look at the life of Abraham, let's make sure that we do a checkup. Let's make sure we take a look at our faith. And see how it relates to Abraham's faith. Be sure today, before you walk out of this building, be sure today that your salvation is based exclusively and entirely on faith. Because anything less than that is not salvation. Faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So let's take a look at this faith worth following. Chapter 4, verse 1, What then shall we say Abraham our father has found according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the Scripture say? You know, whenever I preach, whenever you study, you ought to make sure that you see what Scripture says. Verse 3 says, What does Scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now to him who works or has a lifestyle of works for their salvation, the wages are not counted as grace, but as a debt. But to him who does not work or who does not depend on works for their salvation, but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is accounted for righteousness. Just as David also describes the blessedness of the man to whom God imputes righteousness, Apart from works. 
He says, blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and those whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man whom the Lord shall not impute sin. We've got to begin with the rumor of Abraham's faith. The rumor. Here was the rumor. For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. You see, most Jews held that Abraham was the premier example of a man who was saved by his works. They believed that Abraham was the epitome of a man who lived life right. They believed that God accepted Abraham because he earned it. And, but Paul says, if there's any truth to that rumor, then Abraham could pat himself on the back because he earned it. But listen, friend, it simply is not so. He did not earn the righteousness of God because of anything he did. He merely believed in God. Friend, can I tell you today, there are many denominations that do the same thing. There are those who believe that they better attend that Saturday afternoon Mass. There are those who believe that they better refrain from eating certain foods. There are those who believe that they better become a member of a certain church. There are even those who believe that they're saved by faith, but then they've got to constantly keep working to keep themselves saved. All of these people, they had the right to brag if they earned it. But friend, all of those people are wrong. They're wrong. When, it, when we come to faith on God's terms, there's no boasting about what you've done. There's no boasting about what you could do. You can only boast in what Jesus did for you. That's your only boast is in Jesus Christ. And notice what the last part of verse 2 says. But not before God. For you see, friend, God is unimpressed by the works of man. But we, from our childhood, are conditioned to perform. From a little lad, I can remember that good deeds got me good rewards. Maybe you can remember that as long as you performed well, you got a big reward. Maybe you working hard gave you a good sense of accomplishment. Maybe it gave you a sense of self-worth. Maybe you felt accepted because of how hard you worked. Friend, I know the good things that we do make us feel good. The good things that we do might impress other people. But good works do nothing for us when it comes to the Lord. Why is that? Because God doesn't look at the outside. God looks at the... He looks at what's going on in here. He looks at what's going on in here. You know, in this world, we're always judged by what we did last. You notice that? We're always judged by what you did last. Man, if you blew it, that's what you're going to be remembered for. If you did good, that's what you're going to be remembered for. Even a good football coach. A good football coach will tell you, no player is better 
than their last game. If they were stinky in the last game, they stink. Amen? And that's why works won't work. Works won't work because works won't last. We can't keep doing good works. You have to do more and more and more good works, and eventually you're going to reach a point where you can't do no more good works. You can't improve on what you did yesterday. You're going to reach a point, friend, where you can't do anymore. Then what do you do? I mean, if I'm saved by my good works, then I have to keep doing good works, even better works, to stay saved. And if I don't, then I'm doomed. If I don't keep doing better, if I don't keep doing good works, then I've blown it and I have no hope of heaven. But in Christ Jesus, friend, in Jesus, we don't have to live under that pressure. We have a once and for all Savior. And we don't have to live under that pressure. The bottom line is this. God ain't impressed with your works or mine. All that touches God, all that touches the heart of God, is faith in His Son, Jesus Christ. Faith is the only thing, friend, that will save the human soul. So works were only the rumor of Abraham's faith. And now we need to look at the reality of Abraham's faith. Look in verse 3. For what does the scripture say? For Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. To him who works, the wages were not counted as grace, but as debt. But to him who does not work, but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is accounted for righteousness. Here, Paul tells the real deal. Here, Paul's telling us what the real basis of Abraham's salvation is. Simply stated, Abraham believed God, and God saved Abraham. It's just that simple. When Abraham was a childless, 85-year-old man, the Lord came to Abraham, and he told him that he was going to have some kids. That he was going to have a lot of kids. That he was going to have tons and tons of kids. That in fact his descendants would outnumber the stars in the sky. Now, that may sound crazy to you for an 85 year old. But let me tell you something that's even crazier. Abraham believed him. Abraham believed God that he was going to do that. And the Bible says that his faith in God's word is the very basis of Abraham's righteousness. In other words, because Abraham believed God, God saved Abraham. That word accounted in verse 3 is an interesting word because it means credited to one's account and treat one accordingly. This is important. Credit to one's account and then treat him accordingly. Let me illustrate. Let's say you go to the bank and you try to cash a check on an overdrawn account. What's going to happen to you? Kenzie, you work in a bank. What's going to happen if I come in and try to cash a big check on an overdrawn account? It ain't happening. What? Amen. It ain't going to happen. So... 
if that had happened, if you tried to do that, what would happen is, is they would treat you accordingly. They wouldn't give you a red cent. But, McKenzie, if I came into your bank with $1 million in cash, aside from the obvious where'd you get all this money, uh, if I came to you with, and deposited $1 million in cash into my account and then I wrote a check, could I cash it? How would you treat me then? Like a millionaire, right? Because I got loads of money in my account. Do you see the spiritual side to this truth? When we place our faith in Jesus Christ for salvation, God credits our account in the bank of heaven with the righteousness of Jesus himself. And then he treats you just like he would Jesus. However, if you don't open your account in heaven with a deposit of faith in Christ and you try to secure God's favor by substituting your own righteousness, he's going to treat you accordingly and send you away. The whole point is this. You can't earn your salvation. The whole point Paul is trying to make is summed up in verses 4 and 5. And here's the crux of the matter. Imagine going to work one week. You make it to Friday. And your boss comes by and he hands you your paycheck. And he says, here is your gift. And you say, gift my tail? I worked for that money. I earned that money. Paul says, if you think you're saved by good works, then God's just paying you his paycheck. If you think you're saved by good works, God's just paying you what he owes you. If you think you're saved by good works, then God is just paying off his debt to you. And let me tell you something, that is a false view of salvation. A false view view of salvation. If there is anything, say anything, if there is anything attached to your salvation besides Jesus Christ, you got to get saved this morning. You need to get saved this morning if you think anything other than Jesus Christ can save you because your brand of salvation will not get you to heaven. Faith is all that will save the lost sinner from his sins. And you know what really blesses me? I really like this one. What really blesses me is the fact that I don't have to get good before I come to Jesus. I don't have to get good and uh, come to God. Notice the word there in verse 5, the ungodly. Can I tell you that was me? That was me. See, God ain't sitting up in heaven saying, Man, I wish that boy would get it together. He's not sitting around in heaven saying, Man, I wish that boy would get his life on track. God's not sitting in heaven saying, I wish that boy would start living for me because I really want to save him. No, that's not what God says at all. If that were the case, none of us would have any hope. And all of us would end up in hell. Jesus wants us to come as we are. Come as we are. He said, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. He said, for I did not come to call the righteous, 
but sinners to repentance. I want to show you a little illustration here. My right hand underneath this handkerchief represents Jesus Christ in his absolutely perfect righteousness. This hand represents me in all my sin. This is how God sees me before I'm saved. However, when I place my faith in Jesus, when I place my faith into Christ Jesus, when Jesus Christ takes over my life, all God sees is his righteousness. That's how God sees me now. He sees me only through the righteous eyes of his son, Jesus Christ. All that's seen is the righteousness of Jesus. So many people believe you got to work hard to get to heaven. No, no, a thousand times no. Friend, it's not how hard you work. It's do you trust in Jesus Christ and him alone for salvation. Friend, the rumor of Abraham's faith was, man, you got to work hard if you think you're going to get to heaven. But the reality of Abraham's faith is Jesus Christ already worked hard to earn your place in heaven. But now I want you to see the results of Abraham's faith. Let's read together in verse 6. Just as David also described the blessedness of the man to whom God imputes righteousness apart from works. Blessed, happy, rejoicing are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed. Happy, rejoicing is the man to whom the Lord shall not impute sin. Here, after Paul reiterates the reality of Abraham's faith, he reveals to us three great blessings, three incredible blessings that become ours when we trust in Jesus Christ to save us. One, our sins are forgiven. That word forgiven means sent away that ain't never coming back. Sent away in a very real sense when we receive Jesus Christ as our Savior. Our sins are physically and eternally removed from our life. We're forgiven. But David also says that we are covered. Covered means covered so completely they can never be uncovered. Ultimately covered. The blood of Jesus Christ, friend, is so powerful. It can cover all your sins. Say all. That's right. It can cover your past sins. It can cover the ones that you did this morning when you were getting ready for church. Amen? <laughs> we don't like to talk about that one, do we? Your present sins. The blood of Jesus can cover your future sins. The ones you ain't committed yet. But they're coming. Sadly, all those sins are covered if your faith is in Jesus Christ. By the way, can I tell you, that's the reason I believe that you're saved forever. 
Because if my future sins can still send me to heaven, I ain't saved. Y'all hear that? If my future sins are still going to be counted against me, I'm not saved. And I don't have any hope. It's either all or none. And all means all. Past, present, and future sins. But the Bible also says one of the blessings, one of the reasons we have to rejoice as believers is all of our sins are not counted against us. That word imputed, it means to credit to one's account and treat them accordingly. It's the same word that's used in verse 5, just translated differently. It was translated accounted there. The Lord shall not impute sin means that once you trust in Christ for your salvation, listen to this, you're listening, say amen. amen. If that's what happens, your sins will never, ever, ever be credited to your account again. Why? Because your sins have already been credited to his account. And he paid the ultimate price for your salvation this morning. Paul reiterated this truth in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, where he wrote, For God made Jesus who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. So friend, in the final analysis of all of this, when we come to faith in Christ, we're forgiven. Those sins are sent away, and there's nothing anybody can do to bring them back. Your sins are covered. They're covered so completely that they can never be uncovered. And our sins are no longer charged to our account because they've already been charged to His. I can't speak for you, but friend, that is a tremendous blessing. Friend, that's enough to make a Baptist boy want to shout. Amen? How about you? Amen. Hallelujah. What a blessing. So let's bring all of this together this morning. Let's bring all that we've learned about salvation together. And for a moment, let's go back to the bank, okay? Let's go back to the bank. And I want you to imagine for a second that you owed the bank a million dollars. That's a heavy load, ain't it? A million dollars. And you said, okay, I acknowledge my debt. And I'm going to pay my debt back $10 a week. That's going to take a while, first of all. Amen? That's going to take the rest of your life, by the way. But you agree that you're going to pay $10 per week. And then one week you go to the bank and you hand the teller your $10. And she does her magic on her screen. She pulls up your account and she says, oh, sir, uh, you didn't know this, but Donald Trump swung by and he paid your debt. He paid your whole million dollar debt. Now, if you believe that, say amen. Thank you. But not only did he pay your debt, but he also took a million dollars and put it into an account for you. Not only are you no longer in debt, but you are rich beyond your wildest imagination. Does that sound a little far-fetched to you? <laughs> it should. Amen. But... That is exactly what happened when Jesus died for you for salvation. 
That's exactly what happened. Jesus paid our debt. He credited our account with his righteousness. And now we are sons and daughters of the Most High God in a right standing with the Most High God. And that's reason for rejoicing. Now let me make one final statement before we go home this morning. The emphasis of these verses is that both faith and works have value. It has value. And while works are fine, they may be even be good in the eyes of other men and women, those works can never save your soul. You can't do enough to earn salvation. It's faith and faith in Christ alone that makes you right with God. That's it. So which is it for you? Faith? Or is it works? Let me remind you what the words of Paul were to the believers in Ephesus. He said, For by grace you have been saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Salvation is purely a work of faith in Christ. So where is yours? Don't leave here this morning with your faith being in anything or anyone else other than Jesus Christ, Him crucified, Him buried, and gloriously resurrected to save our souls. Let's pray. Father God, I praise you and I thank you for the simplicity of the truth of salvation. But Lord, often while it's so simple, it's just not easy. Sometimes it takes a lot to 